Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. On today's wrestling news, Mick Foley doubles down on his comments about WWE. The demon returns on SmackDown. A duo split up on AEW Rampage. And what happened after SmackDown went off the air? Are you ready? Are you ready for the news time? Yes, my name is Phil Chambers and I'm joined by Salty Dog and Gareth is here as well, I suppose, uh, to talk about all things wrestling. Uh, but before we get into it, make sure you like the video, comment down below what you think of all of today's stories and links to each story are in the description. So click the timestamps and away you go. But first up, WWE, we've got a problem, says Mick Foley. We reported on this a couple of days ago. Uh, he put out this video on sort of Facebook and Twitter and everything. Basically, it all boils down to him just saying that WWE is like no longer a place where talent aspire to be. Um, and that he looks at the likes of Karrion Cross and how he's been used since being brought up to the main roster and wonders why younger talent would see that and think, ah, that's, yeah, I want to be there. I want to be with those people. Um, I thought they were actually really measured good comments, really good con constructive criticism. But obviously, whenever you put something out like this out on the internet, the world melts down, uh, so it caused a lot of controversy online. Some people agreed with him, um, like some Booker T agreed, saying that like WWE needs to get their ass in gear, um, but then other people, not so much, and especially people within the company were a little bit angry with McFoley's comments. Uh, Andrew Zarian of the Mat Men podcast first reported this, that it's kind of an unspoken rule that legends are not to disparage the company, and Foley is indeed on a WWE Legends contract. Uh, and then McFoley kind of doubled down on this again on the Pro Wrestling for Life podcast with Sean Waltman saying that... Um, like if like he is on a legends contract but if they paid him like a consultant contract they what you would have told them the exact same thing he just felt like it's something that needed to be out there needed to be said and that they needed a bit of a kick up their ass basically um and he was just putting himself in the position of like top tier talent who is looking at two companies with a big decision to make and thinking what would i do in that position which i think is the fairest way you can possibly look at this um but then recently he put an exclamation point on his comments um and he just tweeted out well, it kind of sums up everything up kind of perfectly. He just tweeted out the word this uh, with a picture of Johnny uh, Impact versus Killer Cross from Impact Wrestling, obviously. And then a picture of Karrion Cross getting sprayed with a drip stick by John Morrison as comparison of how <laughs> these two people are used. And I think you can't really sum it up 
better than that, really. No, it's that's uh, that's probably the biggest indictment you could have there. Just 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 putting that image up there. It's 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 shocking, but it's it's nothing new in terms of like the the way that we approach them to be like in this current day, the way we talk about it, the way we review it. It's a company right now that isn't a wrestling company. It isn't a company that's seen these talents as wrestlers and the, the, looking into the, the backstories and the histories like you see there with Johnny Impact and Killer Cross. The, these incredible matches, main event level matches that you could have if you built that up. I understand a WWE audience is very different to your typical like diehard Impact audience, but given the right build, you could definitely put these guys on this level. But no, let's fire a dripstick at some gladiator. That's, it's... Yeah, you, you can't knock any of Foley's points. He's one of the most measured and articulate people in wrestling, just in general. And every point he says in his video, like he said in the podcast, and then this one, just with that little, like, just one word, this, it's like, yeah. That's pretty much what we're going through right now with WWE, and it's no surprise people like Brian Danielson and Adam Cole, they're all jumping ship, even though they love the company, even though they've not got a bad word to say about it. They're like, we just can't be here anymore because it's not really wrestling, is it? So it's, uh, it's a shame, but it's the world we're living in. But... Something that WWE, I think, have handled, actually, surprisingly well. Like, it was a bit of a surprise that it happened in the first place, let's be honest. We had a demon pop up last night on SmackDown in Madison Square Garden. And it was a chocker, absolutely jam-packed show, really. You had Edge versus Rollins 2. Brock Lesnar returned. Becky Lynch had a big red coat and some big sunglasses. There was a lot going on. But I'd say the biggest takeaway was the fact that the demon did pop up. It was after Roman Reigns had cost... The Street Profits, their match against the Usos, they pretty much had the pin there for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, but then he got in, he guillotined the hell and the life and the soul out of Montez Ford, and then the lights started dimming, and like the heartbeat started, the and then he came out to the ring, all the smoke was there, and he had his big demon headdress on, and he looked terrifying, because I can't remember the last time I'd seen the demon with a big, full, black beard. It was yeah, unsettling. But it was one of them where it seems that this is going to be the direction we go in for Extreme Rules. We're going to have the Demon now against the Tribal Chief. And that match just literally got announced, I think, in the week. Just out of nowhere. We didn't really have any big SmackDown like angle that led to the match. It was like, nope, this is happening because this is happening. But I'm not really complaining that it's happening because that's probably going to happen. And then if what happened earlier in the night with Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns is anything to go for, that's probably going to happen after it. So we've got so much talent now at the top of this main event scene. Yeah, absolutely. It wasn't a great night for the bloodline, really. <laughs> um, so yeah, like you said, the thing that opened it was Brock Lesnar coming out and basically dropping Paul Heyman in it, saying like, oh, Roman, why, like, Paul, why didn't you tell Roman that I was going to be at SummerSlam, eh? That was a bit silly of you. Uh, and then kind of almost forcing Heyman to accept his challenge before Roman gets around to firing him. Uh, and he does want a shot at that Universal title before beating up Paul Heyman for a bit, although the bloodline kind of saved him. And then this is the demon. I was trying to say the fiend there. That was the, a very the different The fiend, the fiend, the fiend. The demon appearing at the end of the night. It's really interesting how they're kind of pairing these two storylines together and kind of running them at the same time, even though the kind of getting in the way of each other, but they're actually kind of handling it quite well, I thought, which is quite surprising. <laughs> but moving over to AEW for a while and Andrade versus Pac, they put on a hell of a match on Rampage last night, which was really good, but I was very much looking forward to it because I love Pac. Um, but yeah, it was them going up against each other. They kicked each other's ass for a bit. They were flying about all over the place. And then it got to the ending when all loads of things happened because Jose kind of jumped up on the apron and he had like a taser in his hand and he was clicking it at uh, Pac. And then the Lucha Brothers kind of came in and they pulled him off the apron and started beating him up. But all that 
distracted the referee, of course, and then Charbo ran in and hit Pack with an iPad, uh, which took him out, and then Andrade managed to get the win. But then what happened after the match was uh, Charbo was kind of trying to celebrate with Andrade as they were going up the ramp, but Andrade was having none of it, and he punched the hell out of Chavo Guerrero knocked him down because he was really annoyed that because he wanted to win this on his own, I guess. And then the Lucha Brothers super kicked Chavo in the face and then chucked him in the ring and Pat got the brutalizer on him. Uh, so very much breaking up the um, join between Andrade and Chavo Guerrero. It's been an interesting debut for Andrade on uh, AW, really. It's like had its weird little moments like he kind of came in with Vicky Guerrero and then they moved away from that into this Chavo Guerrero thing and then he had that what was not a great story to build to this pack match where Andrade was trying to like recruit the Lucha Brothers to join in with him and that's why Pac and Andrade were fighting and it never quite clicked the match very much clicked but the story didn't uh, and it seems like they're going in a different direction now trying to mix up maybe Andrade's character possibly a face turn don't know if they're going to try and join in with Pac and the Lucha Brothers and make some kind of death square or something like that or whether this is moving away from Chavo Guerrero because there is another manager possibly on the horizon as we all saw from AAA and obviously his connection with Charlotte, Ric Flair maybe possibly joining? Wild speculation on my part but you never know but they're definitely going in a different direction with Andrade in AEW. Yeah I, d I didn't even think about the the Ric Flair possibility there but now you've said it it does it does make a lot of logical sense again jumping to conclusions but it would make sense if that was to happen I quite like the idea of Andrade being the type of heel that's just so proud and so up on his own high that he doesn't yeah he doesn't want anyone to get involved with these matches he, he wants he wants to get all the glory because it's him yeah he did it I, I like that I think it's quite re like refreshing I've never seen an iPad used as a weapon in the middle of a wrestling <laughs> yeah. match so that's that was quite cool as well a bit, a bit different yeah love the match I thought the match was great I think the angles probably for the best I think I didn't I've not mind this this Chavo Guerrero partnership I think Chavo is great at what he does like, I think he's a good a good uh, mouthpiece for Andrade at this point but yeah might just be something a little bit different to to catapult him i was gonna say into the main event scene of aw but wow is that a stacked main event scene so he needs to do something to set himself apart yeah. right now and just to, to give himself a bit of momentum this 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 could be it rick flair's never gonna like hurt your chances of getting into the main event picture is he so Not exactly. um speaking about smackdown obviously we're gonna jump back now to it's obviously been a heavy friday night because everything goes down we get smackdown rampage we've got a lot of news coming out of the the end of smackdown afterwards there was well, there was a lot, really. It's like, if you were one of the lucky few that went into Madison Square Gardens and you got your ticket and you saw everything that went on, down on the actual TV show, wow, that was great in itself. But then afterwards, we had dark matches, appearances. Oh, you were just spoiled. You were spoiled rotten because we had... It's all kind of kicked off with Happy Corbin. He came down to the ring and he was just being his super rich, annoying, brilliantly annoying self. And he got in the face of the demon, which is not... You don't do that. Like yeah. you. <laughs> it didn't, didn't end well for him. Uh, he had a match. Actually, no. He, yeah, no, he did have a match. Um, sorry, no. Drew McIntyre had a match with Corbin. There was a lot going on. A lot of names. Sorry. My bad. It's Friday morning. We're all a bit it is. It is. I was there. I was at Madison Square Garden. I've had a flight back. It's been a lot. It's been a lot. Um, so, yeah, he, he beat Corbin. And then he got blasted with a steel chair. Because that's just Drew McIntyre's thing now. That's what he does. And um, they just had a bit of a scrap. But the real big, like... Let's say the, the marquee man of the dark match, I guess. You could probably call him that. That's his new nickname. John Cena popped up. Like, 
out of nowhere. <laughs> John Cena just like strutted into New York City. He teamed up with Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. They beat Roman Reigns and the Usos. Uh, Cena, it's said that he ducked an attempted attempt of a spear from Reigns, hit his attitude adjustment on one of the Usos, and yeah, just sent everyone home happy. I think he, he went on Jimmy Fallon the other day, uh, Cena, and he was talking about the fact that he did really well at SummerSlam because he came in second place. So he did. Yeah, I had a, had a good job. I had a good job. But I tell you what, you, you get your money's worth if <laughs> you get a ticket to Madison Square Garden. It's madness. Yeah, absolutely. They like to go all out for Madison Square Garden, make it a fun show. It was a hot crowd as well, which was really, really good to see. Um, yeah, just good fun. Well done, them. Um, but let's move over to your Twitter questions. And since we were speaking about SmackDown, the first one comes from John Harrison, who says, looking at WWE's women's division, I think it's time to push new faces to the top. My personal pick is Liv Morgan. She visibly throws herself into every match she has, and there's just something there. What do you reckon? Peace and love. Oh, take your pick. Take your pick. Tony Storm on SmackDown right now. What the hell's going on? I hope everything's okay there, because um, she's yeah. just fantastic. I don't think she was done justice when she got properly, let's say, called up to NXT from NXT UK. I think she had a couple of showcase matches before that when she was a part of NXT UK coming over to NXT. Like, that, she's just brilliantly talented. She's still so young as well. Tegan Knox, yeah. Shotzi Blackheart, all these people, I know I'm probably a bit biased to, like, doing all the NXT names in there, but they're just brilliant and they're not getting any, any sniff right now. Zelina Vega, people like that are just not getting the chance to shine on SmackDown specifically and it's really offending me. What about you, Phil? Yeah, it's ridiculous the sort of <laughs> the amount of people that's there waiting for these spots and there's nothing is happening. Going like you can go deeper into NXT as well, like Candice LeRae, like Dakota Kai, there's been talks of call-ups at some point. Um they need something that's new and fresh and yeah, that isn't just them coming up and going 50-50 with Natalia and Tamina, like they seem to like to do so much. Uh but the other name that is technically has been there for ages and has been a champion before but they're doing absolutely nothing with and is a travesty is Naomi that springs to mind obviously um they started this weird bad storyline with her and Sonya Deville where they're there like and Sonya Deville doesn't even care about putting him on the show so why the hell would we as viewers care about this person who's just backstage begging I don't know where they thought the upside of this storyline was and then they didn't even pay it off this week on TV they paid it off on Naomi's Twitter account. She's At least she's still out there trying to continue this storyline that WWE are writing for her. And she, I don't know if you've seen it, but they put out, she put out a video on her Twitter of her backstage and then she kind of runs into Sonya Deville and is really angry at her. So at least, like, it's mad when it comes down to the people's Twitter accounts to carry on the storylines that WWE are writing for them. But at least she's trying. At least she's trying to keep this going. But yeah, push Naomi. What is going on? Let's get her in the bloodline at some point soon. Please and thank you. Anything. It needs something. Uh, the next question comes from Craig McLaughlin, uh, who says, uh, if you could pair one AEW wrestler with one person stroke wrestler from WWE, who would you choose? Personally, I would love to see Paul Heyman and Brian Cage as a manager talent duo, especially with the talk of Brian Cage being underutilized. Right. Oh, that's a good question. I like that concept. I think the Brian Cage, Paul Heyman thing would work pretty well as well. But if it was me, I'd say... I don't think Keith Lee's doing a lot on Raw right now. So I'd probably have him. Probably have Keith Lee starting this being this big force of nature kind of thing. And then I don't really rate him as a... Like, just as a, a, a wrestler, as a performer, to be honest. So I'd probably get AEW's Adam Cole in as a manager, just as a mouthpiece... Because what else are you going to do with him? I just, I, I think that's just the obvious choice, really, isn't it? 
I'm not. I'm not going to dignify that with a response. <laughs> I see it. I see it. I, I, I vision Phil. Okay, it's a thing. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> who am I going to pick? I can't even remember who I was going to pick now. Um, oh God. Uh, I, I genuinely can't remember who I'm going to pick. You've knocked all <laughs> people out of my mind with that. What have you done? With my incredible, legit Adam Cole, Keith Lee proposition. Is that it? Sasha Banks and Britt Baker. Yeah. Why not? That's a good one. Yeah, that makes sense. This is going so God, well. Damn it. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Wrestling with Doom asked the final question of the day, saying, uh, feeling very proud of my hometown of Cincinnati this week. Feel like we were quite the hot crowd, but what towns have been your favourite hot crowds? Oh, right, I'm going to be super biased there because I'm a Manchester boy, and I always remember the, hey. the Manchester crowd when AJ Styles beat Jinder Mahal for the WWE Championship. That was really cool. So I'm just going to... It might not be the biggest, loudest pop ever in the history of WWE, but I'm a biased Manchester boy. I'm going to wave that flag, Phil. Bet, absolutely. I was also going to say UK crowds because UK crowds are just the best. Um, but... I think I'm torn between two of my favourite crowds that I've ever personally been in. One was at um, All In in Chicago, obviously, classic wrestling town. was absolutely incredible. And the other one was the Raw after WrestleMania 28, which was in New York. Uh, another classic wrestling town, um, but that was kind of after the 18 seconds thing with Daniel Bryan and the entire crowd took over and just adored Daniel Bryan and yes chants were all over the place and Fandangoing was a thing. Or was that the next Was year? that the Brock Lesnar night? Brock Lesnar night, yeah, when Brock Lesnar came back. Just that crowd was absolutely incredible. That's cool. I'm jealous. That's cool. Yeah. I think you had the Dolph Ziggler Money in the Bank cash in on it as well. Yeah. The, the, is that the double turn? Or was that the, yeah, oh, that was the really match good. afterwards? Yeah, that's still, that's still really cool. Um, but as far as, yeah, crowds, Chicago, all in, that, the amount of excitement in that building was insane. Understandable. Um, but yeah, that's all the Twitter questions. I've actually got an finally from today, because I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, I saw it on Reddit and then TMZ were reporting it. Al Snow, uh, the massive hero that he is, was out on a beach and I saw a kid getting caught up by a riptide and getting carried out to sea and he saw that the... Um, the Coast Guard wasn't going to sort of make it to them in time. So ran into the sea, dived in after this child, uh, almost got carried away by a wave himself, but managed to save the kid from the riptide in the sea. Al Snow, you absolute hero. Yeah, I don't know what more you add to that. Like, that's just, that's legitimately being a superhero. So, yeah, we'll tip yeah. the cap. We'll, yeah, what a, what a legend. What an absolute legend you are, Al Snow. What a dude. Thank you, Al Snow. You are the best. And on that note, yeah, thank you very much for watching. If you want, uh, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at PhilMyChambers and you can follow Gareth. At GMorgan04. And you can follow all of us at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, thank you so much for watching. You have no idea how much went wrong in this video. <laughs> yeah, we've covered it really well, Phil. Really Hopefully. well. Hopefully we've covered it quite well. Uh, um, but yeah, subscribe to the channel, like the video, comment down below what you think of all of today's stories, including how much of a goddamn hero Al Snow is, uh, and let us know all your favourite wrestling crowds as well. Why not? And yeah, on that note, have yourselves a bloody good day. Bye-bye. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. 
Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series We Were the Lucky Ones with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 